coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We are a weekly podcast with new episodes coming out every Tuesday afternoon, which you can listen to whenever you feel like it, because it's a podcast, and hopefully you'll subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. On today's show, Kevin and I will talk about annoying food trends, well, to us anyway. Our guest today is local foodie and world-renowned artist, painter, and sculptor, Bryce Hudson. We'll be talking to Bryce about his artwork in the areas of modernism, postmodernism, minimalism, and my favorite, geometric abstraction. And of course, we will be talking about food. We also have an upcoming new series called Ask the Chef, where listeners can send in questions that will be answered on air by a local chef. Please send your chef questions to ask, A-S-K, at stpetersburgfoodies.com. After that, we'll play our music segment, open our lunchbox, share our tip of the week, and have a gluten-free wrap-up. All of that is coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So grab a snack, pour a drink, and relax while we serve up the show. Here in beautiful St. Petersburg, we have so many great restaurants to choose from. I was just thinking about where to take Kevin for his birthday. And I decided on Anata. They make everyday visits special, so I'm confident his birthday dinner will be outstanding. The service, selection, and attention to detail are what stand out the most about Anata and what really weighed into my decision. But make no mistake, Anata is a local's favorite for everyday and need not be reserved for that special occasion. So if you haven't been lately, I encourage you to do so for their unparalleled wine selection, cheese and charcuterie, and creative and scrumptious flatbreads, pastas, entrees, and specials. So I will say it again, you really must go to Anata. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. Go to Anata. Today we're talking about annoying food trends. And of course, what we think is annoying, not everyone's going to agree with us, not everyone's going to think it's annoying, but... Yeah, so don't take any of this personal. Right. We're just talking about stuff. So, you had the first thing. Oh, yeah. Taco Tuesday. I mean, yes, Kevin loves tacos. And most people, it seems, loves tacos. I'm just not a huge taco fan, and I definitely don't like hard-shelled tacos. But this whole thing with Taco Tuesdays, like, everybody is having a Taco Tuesday, even when they aren't even a taco or Mexican restaurant. Okay, so I get it. So I I was going to say that Taco Tuesday doesn't really bother me because I just think of, you know, going to Mexican places or taco places. But I get what you're saying. Now, 
there's Taco Tuesday at places that don't normally have tacos that are not Mexican places. They're not taco places. I mean, pretty yeah. soon, pretty soon, Mini Donuts is going to have a taco. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Donut Taco Tuesday. Avocado toast is getting kind of old. Yeah. I would never order avocado toast at a restaurant. I don't even understand it. I was asking this question, I think, on my Facebook timeline, and people were giving me all kinds of recipes and what to do. And yeah, so they, they didn't get that it was a rhetorical question. Right. <laughs> Suddenly you have a bunch of avocado toast recipes. Right. So I decided to try it at home to see what the whole, you know, hubbubaloo about it was. And we enjoyed it, but it, it wasn't really... Uh, yeah, there's nothing really... It's not that it tastes bad. It was pretty good. I enjoyed eating it. And I was like, oh, cool, you put guacamole on toast. Awesome. It's really what it is. I mean, some people don't add stuff to it, but the people that do, it's really very much like a guacamole recipe. Yeah, some people just take a slice of avocado yes. or half of an avocado and just stick it on top of toast, which uh, that's even more dumb. Well, Sorry, I, don't, people. I wouldn't call that dumb. It's just <laughs> the way they do it. Okay. Giant burgers or sandwiches. I mean, like humongous, you can't. Even with two hands, it's difficult to hold it, let alone yeah. eat it. And I mean, if you want to go old school, a burger should be something that you can hold in one hand and eat while doing something else with your other hand. I don't want to advocate yes. uh, eating and driving, but that would fit. And these burgers and, and giant sandwiches, I mean, you, you have to deconstruct it. Yeah, it's and, and, and it's not. It doesn't even come down to eating it with a fork and knife because you know trying to slice through something that's five inches thick, right, is ridiculous. And I have a very tiny mouth. Like it's very difficult for me to fit even a regular burger in my mouth, much less these monstrous burgers. To me, it's stressful, and I'm not going to order it. Yeah, and part of the definition of a sandwich, if you look up the history of a sandwich, is to be able to eat it with with one hand. Right. Exactly. Was the, the Earl of. Uh, I didn't look this up. This is by memory of a story that somebody told me. So uh, give me a break. If I don't get it 100% correct. But what I recall being told when I was a kid, the Earl of Sandwich. Sandwich was a place. He's the Earl of Sandwich. He was playing. He was in a really good card game. And he had a really good hand. But he had to eat. So he just said, just put my meat between two pieces of bread and bring it to me. Wow. So, yeah. Hence the name of the restaurant, Earl of Sandwich, that we have here in town. Right. Uh, another thing that can't go away fast enough is unicorn slash rainbow colored everything i don't get that at all what is the even the appeal to that yeah and what's worse is now okay yeah the colors don't appeal to me at all but i could see them making sense on say a cupcake well yes something sweet but when there are rainbow colored bagels i just want to know who to punch in the face right (laughs) and this this has nothing to do with you know gay pride or anything like that because i totally support but yeah, yeah just yeah. just, just it's just ridiculous need those colors on right. any food maybe a cupcake and that's it and another one and this kind of goes with the giant burgers and sandwiches is instagram photos of sandwiches because they're usually big sandwiches cut in half and held in one hand with the both both halves i don't even know how they do that in one hand as big as some of these things are yeah but i don't think they're really doing the super giant large or maybe they, they just look giant because it's a close-up Maybe that yeah. could be, and the you know then there's the charcoal activated everything, right. drinks, vegan croissants, yeah. it, vegan croissants, really charcoal activated. I think they actually outlawed this in a few states. Well, I correct? think I think New York City has outlawed uh, charcoal infused whatever charcoal mm-hmm. activated 
food stuff. Right. And who knows what all the science is, but one thing that I read that somebody commented was that it can interfere with some of your medications. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to be like it, to help you detox. Yeah, it's supposed to be good for you. So yeah, let's put it in alcoholic drinks. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> Makes no sense. Right. <laughs> right. And frosés everywhere. Yeah, I've had one that I actually enjoyed. Okay. It's not something I'm going to seek out to drink anywhere, really. And it really just, I don't need, first of all, you can't drink it fast enough because you get a headache. Right. And they tend to be, most of them, too sweet. Just mm-hmm. not, yeah. And, and speaking of things that are everywhere that don't need to be, octopus, which we actually enjoy. I love octopus. We I enjoy do. octopus dishes at several restaurants around here. And there are several places that do it really, really well. But, but then suddenly every other restaurant has octopus. And then what's uh, even worse than that is cheese and charcuterie. Oh, good Lord. I, Pretty I, hit soon, my, I hit my limit when I found a barbecue restaurant with cheese and charcuterie on the menu. I'm like, what? It's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, pre- pretty soon Starbucks is going to have cheese and charcuterie. I'm like, I, I'm practically boycotting it at this point. Even at some of the like restaurants that do it really, really well, I want to try their entrees instead. I, I like cheese and charcuterie. I do not love cheese and charcuterie. It doesn't need to be on every single menu. Oh, yeah, I'd love it. I can really enjoy it, but you're right. It doesn't need to be in any place that's a bar. Right. I mean, a bar, there are some good bars with good bar food around here. Hint, cheese and charcuterie is not bar food. Right. Unless you're a wine bar. Right. And this time of year, pumpkin spice. Oh, geez, I know. Well, I don't like pumpkin, so for me, that that's always going to be a factor. And an, another one that's totally way overdone that ironically doesn't bother me because I just love eggs. I love fried eggs. I love a runny yolk. and Just call him Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> but fried egg on everything is something that a lot of people are like, okay, what's the deal, man? Yeah, especially when they're, put them on those monstrous sandwiches and right. it's a runny yolk. And not only is that sandwich already a mess, then you have this fried egg yolk everywhere too. It's so stressful. Yeah. We keep up with the trend of the giant burgers slash sandwiches and fried eggs on them. The next new restaurant trend is going to be restaurants with a shower in the back so you can take a shower after you eat it <laughs> and, and a dry cleaner. <laughs> That's silly, honey. So let us know what you think. Let us know if you agree with us on what we think is annoying. We're, and if, especially if you disagree, we want to know that as well. And we will read your comments on the air on the next show. And You can comment on any of the uh, listening platforms, any podcast platforms, or on our website or Facebook, and let us know. Or you can email us at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. This episode is our first in a series featuring local business people that also happen to be foodies. Today, we're joined by Bryce Hudson who has a art studio here in St. Petersburg called The Modernist Icon. Is that correct? Yes, it is. He is a Moroccan-born contemporary artist who lives in Gulfport. And he also happens to be an amazing home cook while still managing to maintain a 24-inch waist. Welcome to the show, Bryce. Hello. (laughs) Did I guess right on the waist? No, not anymore. (laughs) Maybe when you met me. (laughs) 
You're still doing way better than me. I'm probably better than both of us. Yeah, we're going to have to change our name to St. Petersburg Fatties. I think we already changed it. Yeah. But yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's uh, talk about some art stuff. All right. So you employ different styles, not just one style, and you're kind of unique. There's only, there's not a lot of people doing exactly all the things you do. True, true. A lot of people see my body of work and think that I'm three different people sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's good to be diverse. So what are, uh, what did you, where did you start out? How did you become an artist and who and what are your influences? I started in, uh, I went and took art classes when I was at uh, Kent State University in Northern Ohio. I dropped out of Kent State and moved to Louisville, Kentucky and continued there. Um, I opened up my first studio in about 1999, a 10,000 square foot warehouse that I just decided that I was going to start making art and selling art from friends that I'd met and other artists, that sort of thing. And um, so I, I kind of found my voice there and just always experimented and um, then started opening more studios and galleries and always finding a place that I could renovate. I really like, you know, renovating and um, just kind of experimenting and doing whatever I want to do. And, you know, a lot of people don't get that luxury to experiment. They feel that they have to keep doing the same thing and pleasing their audience. Right. It's fun to fool around and do something different from time to time. Right. So what brought you to St. Petersburg? I bought a little house in Gulfport uh, to renovate. It was just kind of a, you know, something I wanted to do is buy a house in Florida and fix it up so that I could have a place to go. I was originally going to buy in Chicago. This was about the time that the market was on its upswing around uh, 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. And uh, just decided Florida sounded a whole lot better than Chicago when it came to being warm <laughs> right? instead of being bone-chilling cold all the time, True. which I already was in Louisville. Not all the time, but definitely in the fall and winter. So so originally you bought it as a second home, not a... Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. I still had the, the gallery up in Louisville and the house up in Louisville mm -hmm. and uh, just decided to buy a little grandma house that needed lots of renovations and found one with a pool and didn't, didn't think I'd ever be able to do that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so... You know, found the house and over the course of the years have completely renovated it and now it's done and I'm kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> and you made the full move here because you're, you're not in Kentucky anymore at all. No. And when did you do, make the move? About two and a half years ago, right. I'd say. About uh, 2015. I know, I met you right before you made the move. Actually, um, as, as a realtor. Yep. And then we became friends. Absolutely. So, it's been a, been a while that I've known Bryce. And if we can get him to laugh, his laugh rivals Kevin's. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was hoping to get that on the 24 inch waist part. <laughs> well, he was, I think he was holding back. <laughs> so tell us about um, your, the different styles of art that you, that you do. I do, um, I'm most known for my uh, geometric abstraction, uh, where I kind of play with depth um, and perception. Uh, with them, and uh, I, I do a lot of prints, mm -hmm. and prints that have to do with identity and um, sexuality. I mostly work with women, young women, 
uh, and I'm really interested in exploring the things that young women have to go through um, in my age range, you know, from about late 20s to mid 30s that I as just because I'm a man I don't have to go through I don't have to make a decision to have children or go the professional route as opposed to you know the family or you know homemaker route um, or trying to juggle all of that in one uh, so I just you know that in that series is more photographic right so. how do you employ that those decisions that uh, a woman might have to make and the feelings and emotions that go with that, how do you express that in the art? I guess, uh, you know, I'm familiar with a lot of them because as a gay man in my age range, most of my friends are women. (laughs) Pretty much all of my friends are women. Right. Uh, You know, the age hits the gamut. I have 80-year-old friends, I have 90-year-old friends, but most of them are around that age range that I uh, spoke of earlier. And so I um, make this visually with uh, a series called The Holding Pattern. And uh, holding pattern is uh, this uh, thing used in aviation, a term used in aviation when a plane has to fly right. kind of in an, a pattern before it can be um, cleared to land. And so that's kind of how I saw a lot of the young women in my life as they were always just kind of like in this pattern trying to figure out this... Uh, who they were. Yeah, who they were in this all these decisions they had to make. Wow, that's a great name. Thank you. (laughs) Love that. So Bryce, you are obviously an artist, very artistic, but you also design some clothes too, don't you? Yes. Yes, That's just for yourself. Yes. Yes. Definitely. So what kind of, how do you design your clothes? I have grown up most of my adult life going back and forth to China, different parts in China, um, mostly Hong Kong and Beijing. And when I go, when I first started going to China, there were almost shopping malls that were kind of like a flea market that had booths. There's still a couple of them, but um, it's so expensive to live in Hong Kong that they've dwindled. I have to hunt for them. But you could go into, and you can go from booth to booth, and each one would be a fashion designer, totally independent fashion designer. And so I would find things there that were unlike anything else anybody had ever, I'd ever seen or anybody was wearing. Uh, And these people would make, uh, well, help, help me make things. And if I was there for maybe six months or three months or even one month, I could go in and, uh, especially in Hong Kong where everybody speaks English, uh, really start to talk to people and get a feel for different cuts that I like and try and play. Uh, the, the, my favorite piece, uh, it, has, it, it almost looks like a piece of origami. I wore it to our birthday party mm-hmm. uh, this year right? and uh, just really enjoyed playing and folding and pinning and having someone pin things around me while I'm standing there, almost like a couture sort of action. It's it's something that I'm not necessarily familiar with, but uh, just it it is another avenue of creativity and having fun. Right. Yeah, you come up with some really cool stuff that uh, nobody's ever going to find in a store. Absolutely. Right. 
You have, you have a great style. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's fun doing that, designing your own clothes. It is. My, my first ever custom-made suits and shirts were from Hong Kong in, when I used to go there on business in the 90s. And I've been known to do that around here at Brooks Brothers in Tampa and other places too. But I, I imagine they're much less expensive. And much. Yeah. <laughs> much. Before we uh, take a break and start talking about food, for the art, where's the gallery in St. Pete? And are there certain days and hours that people can come and, and view your work? Uh, the gallery is located between 38th and 39th on Central Avenue. Uh, right now, it's open by appointment only. And we have on view most of my work that's available, but also part of the collection. Uh, I've been collecting art, uh, museum quality art, for 20 years, 22 years or so, and it's spilled over. There's, the house is completely filled with it, so we just <laughs> had to start putting it in the building and selling it and uh, that sort of thing. And you also have different retro collections that you have there as well, right? Yes. I have uh, one of the world's largest collections of space-age electronics, little TVs <laughs> and A-track players and record players that look like space helmets. And, uh, African art and uh, lots of uh, modernist ceramics and that sort of thing as well. Kind of like a mu- museum also. It is. A lot of times when people, if I have my windows open and they drive by and they stop and they thought, they, I've been told several times that people thought a museum was opening up there. <laughs> That's awesome. So to make an appointment, how do we go about that? Uh, ModernistIcon.com. There's a, there's a link on there to make an appointment. Excellent. Great. We'll be right back. When you think of engine number nine, what do you typically think of, Kevin? Amazing burgers. Yes. Very creative, very inventive, kick-ass burgers. But they also have a great New Orleans-inspired other half of the menu. Remember the gumbo I had recently? Ooh, that was really good and nice and spicy. I was surprised you finished it. I know. The roux was just so flavorful and delicious. Besides the gumbo, they also have jambalaya, a few sriracha dishes, and the hot dogs are awesome. And you can't forget the best fried pickles in town. And I am talking pickle spears. Yeah, I've seen you eat those pickles for your whole meal. Yeah, for my birthday once, remember? But what we're trying to say is check out engine number nine for your favorite burger and so much more. Yes, you will love engine number nine. They're in downtown St. Pete on the corner of First Ave North and MLK. And try the Black Flag Burger and the Chili Dog. You can thank me later. Engine, engine number nine, going down the railroad Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. We are here with local artist and foodie, Bryce Hudson. You post some amazing food photos. I would call them, I like to call them drool-worthy food photos on Facebook. They are. And you do a lot of cooking and... I cook almost every single day, every night. When you're not cooking, you're eating your leftovers, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite way to cook? I know you just discovered sous vide this year. Yes, yes. It is. I have a partner, and I never know when he's going to be home from work. Right. And so I've really, really uh, loved experimenting with the sous vide because time can stop for the most part. And 
That's a wonderful thing about it. It's fantastic. You don't have to like be somewhere ready. Mm -hmm. uh, Or if you have a dinner party and you get caught in a conversation, it can still be cooking away. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's been a lifesaver for us. We gifted it to ourselves for Christmas. Right. That's awesome. Well, and for those of you who don't know what that is, a sous vide is a technique. It's an immersion circulator where you vacuum seal whatever it is you're cooking into a bag and then immerse it in the water and the water circulates very slowly, cooking whatever it is you're cooking at a very low temperature for a longer period of time normally. And it just creates a very delicate, very tender, wonderful meat is mostly what I make in there. And what he's referring to is the great thing is you can just pull the bag out put it in a bath of ice water, stops it from cooking, and then you can finish it up later, whenever you want. It could be hours later. So he's got it pretty much cooked, and then when Ryan comes home, that's his partner, you can just throw it on and sear it, and voila. Yeah, which is what you do in, in the end anyway. Yes. It's just you could do it right away, or you can do it hours later if you want. You post a lot of eclectic, diverse dishes. How do you decide what you're going to make for dinner tonight? I... I go to my favorite butchers and, and uh, favorite veggie places, and I set my menu for the week and pick out the meats and the vegetables, and uh, I always kind of have an idea of a recipe that I would like to attack. Now, do you look in cookbooks, or you just... I do, or online? I, I do both. Right. Um, but what I afford myself the luxury of is time Mm -hmm. and so if I find a marinade for a chicken you know or something uh, I will I've spent four hours just making a marinade before wow Uh, I did last week not kidding (laughs) Um, I like the 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 time uh, factor which is why I could never go into being a restaurateur Mm -hmm. if I want to try toasting my spices or you know, instead of just throwing in lots of different spices and throw in your tablespoon of salt and the, all this, throw this in, uh, I will try and put it in the mortal and pestle and crush my spices. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I am doing a, a pickling project and it calls for coriander seeds, well, they don't sell coriander seeds anywhere, so I ordered coriander seeds, but and then I enjoy toasting them and then grinding them mm-hmm. and then I'll you know make a marinade that that has literally taken me four hours to make before I even put the first you know that's awesome it would definitely not do well on a cooking competition reality <laughs> no, show. No, no. the things that they, they this, those are ridiculous and they're like okay you have five minutes to make a marinade Mm-mm. Bryce is like no I need four hours yes. <laughs> It'll be a, like a different type of cooking competition show. How long can you possibly take? Exactly. Bryce, Bryce wins. Bryce would be the first one out. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the long one, yeah, he would win. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So, so what, are you, what are you making tonight? Tonight, I've got some uh, beef tenderloin uh, that I'm going to sous vide, and I'm going to wrap in bacon. I, every time I travel, I bring back cheese and bacon and... Um, weird spices and different kinds of mustards and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But um, one thing that I've been doing, a lot of people will eat sous vide because it can be so healthy. 
but we uh, don't care about healthy. Um, <laughs> I've gotten into. So do you wrap the bacon around it before you cryo seal it or vacuum seal I it? I do. I do because I, they cook it different temperatures when I try to do it either in the skillet or on the grill. But what I've gotten into now is making my own oil spice mixtures and I'll use the cute little um, ice cube trays that are meant for like, you know, like a sphere of mm-hmm. ice or something. Uh, and I will put it into the freezer after making them. And then I will put that in the sous vide bag. That's so, that so brilliant. I, yeah, so when I vacuum Yeah, so that all the stuff doesn't come it out. It all doesn't yeah. just pull out all the liquid, but instead the liquid just sucks straight into the meat and then cooks with it as well for you know, three hours. That's awesome. That's, I know I know what we're doing next time. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. That's how I, I couldn't figure out, like, how do I get this to be super flavorful without just using dry spices? Right. And there was nothing about that online. And I was like, well, okay, how can I do this? Because we have a really awesome vacuum sealer. And it's, I mean, it sucks everything Mine too, out yeah. of it. And so um, that was my kind of... <laughs> way of cheating the system that's brilliant freezing my oil and spices and then cooking it slow with the meat itself honey i need some ice cube trays for i I have some of those (laughs) i do (laughs) any favorite places to uh, to do shopping for your ingredients well who's your butcher you mentioned your favorites my favorite butcher in st petersburg is it's funny because my my partner's name is ryan but it's called ryan's meat market Mm -hmm. and um it's over Tyrone kind of area. I don't quite know what that area is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, between Tyrone Mall and wherever that target is over there. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they know where their meat... I, I hated it when I first moved here, and I would just see these butchers, you know, around like the meat shop. You right, know, just right. Just like called whatever. And I would go in and, you know, just be like a thousand chicken legs and like, you know, like meat. And I, I would ask like, hey, where does this come from? And they'd be like, I don't know. You know, you better order something or move over. <laughs> um, you know, Mazzaro's is, is another place. I don't go there all the time. Um, I just kind of like my little my little local place where, you know, I, they know where everything's coming from. From time to time, I can get something exotic or you know i can get ostrich you know Mm -hmm. raised from a farm in iowa you know just things like that um but most of the time really good cuts and i can tell them exactly how much i want or how i want it cut that sort of thing that really you know helps me do something different every single time especially when i cook five nights out of the week right that ostrich had no idea anything was going to happen to it. No, it didn't. Had its head in the sand. Remember when ostrich ostrich, uh, ostrich steaks were all the rage? All the rage. All the rage. Now all you don't rage. see them on menus anymore no, in restaurants. No, you don't. Huh. Yeah, it was a fad. Yeah. It's good eating, though. So Bryce posts all these pictures in our group called Foodies Home Creations. And in case you're not a member, you're welcome to join. And you post these plates that are, like, monstrous. I'm like, how do you fit all that food in there? <laughs> <laughs> serious yeah i don't yeah i don't know <laughs> and you ryan's as big as a, he's big as a twig too a twig it's totally he's a, a twig, twig. Yeah. <laughs> and do you also grow some stuff yes we have raised beds in the backyard 
it, it sometimes it, it just gets funny because like we didn't know what romaine leaf lettuce was. We just kept thinking it was going to grow into like that spear of romaine, but it doesn't. You're just supposed to take off the leaves. So we let them grow taller than us. Then <laughs> <laughs> we're like, when is it going to turn into romaine? And we didn't know until we like looked online that you're supposed to just, you know, snip it off. Right. Eat it as it made it. And we just let it sit there. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea and about that either. Flower and it romaine gone wild. Yeah. Yeah. So we had this forest, literal forest of romaine. And we had an eggplant uh, plant that ended up bigger than the entire raised bed. I didn't know eggplants can, they can get up to like 10 feet, 12 feet, 15 feet in diameter. Wow. Wow. So we've learned. What did you um, do with that eggplant? We, we just cut it down to like the size of a small shrub, um, but it was it was overtaking the entire backyard. We had no idea. The monster eggplant that ate Gulfport. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, wow, that's great. What do you like to make with eggplant? Mostly Asian food. I I do. You'll you know if you see all the pictures, I do a lot of Asian uh, cuisine, and so I like. Yeah, you do. I like. Planet. What's one of your favorites? Oh, I would say any of my curries. Um, my tom ka, which is a Thai dish mm-hmm. that I make, that's one of our family favorites. And so I will throw that together whenever I just don't feel like being extra creative and don't have a lot of time. I'll throw that together. As a, the soup? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Because that's got coconut milk and lemongrass, right? Okay, yep. yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, can't go wrong with curry. No. no, no. Yeah, I love curry as long as it doesn't have cilantro in it. Yep, and I never do. <laughs> you got me against that. No, oh, I like cilantro. Guess where I'm going to go for dinner. <laughs> so Bryce, thank you for being here. And again, the studio is modernistcon.com. Also check out brycehudson.com, B-R-Y-C-E-H-U-D-S-O-N.com. And if you want to see some amazing food photos, uh, you can check that out on Bryce's Facebook or in our group, Foodies Home Creations. Bryce posts almost every day, it seems. Almost. Almost. When he doesn't, he's eating his leftovers. So thanks for being here, Bryce. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. We'll be right back. Word on the street is there's a new fish bar coming to town named Alto Mare. And we are super excited about this new space and its menu. Alto Mare means deep sea in Italian. It's located right next door to Anata on Beach Drive, and it's also owned by the same owners, Kurt and Mary Cucaro of Mazzaro's. They will be featuring creations from our very own rising star in the chef world, who you may know from Anata, Joshua Breen. The interior feeling, it's elegant, light, and airy, has a coastal feel, and they will be featuring specialty fish entrees from different types of seafood from all across the U.S. They will have things flown in every day, fresh. They will have a nice wine list featuring whites and bubbles with a few reds thrown in. Look for Alto Mare to debut in the month of January. For more information and pictures, please go to stpetersburgfoodies.com and read the full write-up. In case you can't tell, we can't wait for Alto Mare Fish Bar to open. Alto Mare Fish Bar will be located at 300 Beach Drive in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. When they do open, they will be open every day at 4 p.m. This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to 
Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today we have Ella Jett as our musical guest. Ella Jett has been a fixture on Tampa Bay's music scene ever since she was 12 years old. In 2014, at just 16, she was selected into the prestigious Grammy Museum's Music Revolution Project, and her live reputation grew quickly, with opening slots for We the Kings, Emily Kenny, In the Valley Below, and Never Shout Never. In December of 2016, she began to experiment with a new sound and formed her own band, appropriately called Future Soul. The new sound combines 1970s soul, a blend of progressive blues and rock and roll, a taste of jazz, all mixed into a melting pot of an enigmatic sound. Before we play the music, you can bet your guitar strings and yellow mustard that we're going to have Ella Jett answer the Fast Five Foodies questions. Welcome to the show, Ella. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, welcome. And Ella Jett is your real name. It's not a stage name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just have weird parents. (laughs) (laughs) She was born to be a star. <laughs> so we're dying to know about food stuff. Okay. We have the fast five foodies questions. Okay. We don't have to do them that fast. We do them like mediums, speed. You can do it like, what's your food? No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, ready? Uh-huh. Here we go. What's your favorite food? Ice cream. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love I like ice even, cream. I like too. even more now. <laughs> Somebody just fainted in the back. That's what happened. <laughs> ice cream. What, what kind of ice cream? Mm, that's a tough question. I mean, I'm like kind of vegan, so I do like the coconut ice cream mm-hmm. or almond, but like I really like the cookie ice cream or like cookies and cream. I'm a chocolate gal. Mm-hmm. Any kind of chocolate ice cream. Awesome. I, I'm just an ice cream connoisseur. Do you have a favorite <laughs> ice cream place in St. Pete? Mm, that's a good question. There's several that make vegan. I, I go to a, uh, it's like gelato. It's downtown on Pachugo. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Beach yeah. Drive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have a, they just got some new, like, dairy-free ice creams. Nice. Yeah, but I've been going there since I was little. Yeah, because they used to have, like, water-based ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that, like, more people are going vegan, they're like, okay, let's let's get, like, some, some different kinds of right. ice cream in here. Yeah. Yeah. Cider, water, cider water Press based. makes some good. Oh, my gosh. They're, really good. They're banana split. <laughs> Their ice cream is so good at Cider Press. I it's totally so forgot good. about that. If I ever like want to get dessert, I go to Cider Press. <laughs> yeah. Nate's really great with that. <laughs> so what's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Oh, that's a good question. I would have to say La Vie. Mm-hmm. La Vie, okay. I love yeah, La Vie. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, I don't know, uh, I really, really like uh, Tsunamis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love hibachi. <laughs> nice. Yeah, like shrimp hibachi. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's not really vegan, though. No, I actually, I actually eat seafood. I don't do dairy, gotcha. eggs, meat besides seafood. Yeah, so nice. I'm kind of vegan. I'm a fake vegan. Right. She said she did say kind of vegan. <laughs> okay, so salt or pepper? Mm, salt all the way. I okay. use way too much salt. Yeah, I'm a saltaholic. I'm a confessed saltaholic. He's the pepper one. <laughs> oh my goodness. And how about cilantro? Do oh my god, love it or it tastes like soap. <laughs> I like 
My friends make fun of me because when I make like a veggie burger or something, I will like put it on a bed of cilantro. Oh my like, god! Way too much. That would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> it tastes like soap to me, so I can't so, eat it I, at all. Okay, yeah. I know some people that have that too. For me, it's goji berries. Like they taste like vomit for me. <laughs> I don't know why. It's so bizarre. It's like the cilantro soap thing. Yeah. 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 I don't get it. Can you cook? Yes, I I like have a lot of health issues, so I can only eat certain things. So for me, like cooking is like my safe place mm-hmm. because I know everything that's in it, and then it won't like mess me up. So I prefer cooking than eating out just because of that. Do you but, have any certain dishes that are your favorites that you that you make? Yes, I like to make raw tacos, but I guess they're not. Oh yeah, they are because I'll use like a lettuce wrap type thing. Mm-hmm. And then I put mango, avocado, cilantro. I used to put red onion, but I can't have that anymore. And like green pepper and stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's they really make a, a taco like thing at um, Rockstar Cafe. Have you been to Rockstar Cafe? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah I, I've actually, I think I had their tacos. It was yeah. really good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to feature your song titled Down Where the Water Breaks the Bone from the Black Wave Diary. EP, which is pretty new. <laughs> yes. Well, the funny thing is, is it did just come out, but I actually wrote it when I was 16 and I recorded it when I was 17 and I'm about to turn 20 now, 21 now and it's just coming out. So it's kind of strange because I'm in a different place now musically, but um, I'm still really glad that it's out and I spent a lot of time on it so it could be the way that I wanted it. <laughs> Right. So currently now when you're, when you're performing, it's Ella Jet and Future Soul. Yes. But the, this EP that we're talking about is a solo. Yes. Right. Yeah. The band was not around yet for this one. Right. And I was having a hard time trying to choose which song mm-hmm. because I liked all of them on the EP. And then I decided on this one because to me, it sounds like it could be the theme for a James Bond movie. (laughs) That would be great. You definitely picked a dark one. I mean, the whole record's pretty dark, but especially that song. And it has a really cool bass line where the bass goes down in half steps. It's E flat, D, D flat, C. It was actually the first song I ever wrote on piano. I, I had just picked it up and um, started messing around with it. And yeah, I was just hitting one note and then I finally made chords out of it. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, I find that so funny the way that I ended up writing that song because it's, I, I, I always wrote on guitar. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a whole new world for me on the keys. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You can make up really cool chords when you're just... Yeah. You don't know what the chords are supposed around. to be, so yeah. you make up your own. I think it's easier to, you know, kind of fake it on keys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it always works if you just hit the black keys, too. Oh. You can't go out of tune. I mean, Stevie Wonder. I love the black keys. So pretty. <laughs> so pretty. Yeah. So, yeah. the again, the album is, or EP, is Black Wave Diary. It's mm-hmm. available on iTunes and Spotify. And is there a website? The, uh, there is. I think it's for my band though okay yeah so here we are with down where the water breaks the bone by ella jet
Once again, that was Ella Jett with Down Where the Water Breaks the Bone from the Black Wave Diary EP, which is available on download on iTunes and Spotify. Today for lunch, we couldn't resist going to engine number nine. Where, of course, I started with the fried dill pickle spears. They're served with jalapeno ranch dipping sauce, and they're just my favorite. have to plug them every time. They are awesome. I decided to have the one of their awesome burgers called The Heart Attack. It has a fried egg three slices of American cheese, four slices of bacon, with plenty of chipotle mayo. And of course, I had it medium rare. And just, it cracks me up that on the menu, right after the heart attack, the next item is the resurrection. So I might have to have that next time. And I had just the plain old bacon cheeseburger. I kind of just like my burgers, like a burger. So it's got uh, sharp smoked cheddar and a bunch of tasty crispy bacon to finish off the best bacon cheeseburger ever. And just so you know, at engine number nine, doesn't autom- your burgers don't automatically come with lettuce, onion, and tomato. You have to ask for it. Just a little tip there. 
Our lunchbox segment is where we read opinions and answer questions from our listeners. Please email us at lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com with your opinions, feedback, and questions to be featured in this segment. This is Chef Jeffrey Jew and Sarah Ellen Burnett from, from Stillwater's Stillwater's Tavern, Tavern and Bella, Bella Brava, Brava, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our tip of the week continues on our theme of choosing great restaurants while on vacation. Once I have exhausted my resources to make a list of recommended places, I check which restaurants are open for lunch, too, and I make a list of the days and hours that each restaurant is open. I do this to be able to maximize visiting as many of my choices as possible. I then put them on a calendar and check that all will work with the activities we may have planned. And I always have some reserve restaurants just in case I can't get a reservation at one that made the final cut. Thanks for listening. And thanks to our guest, Bryce Hudson. And thanks to our sponsors, Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar, Altomare Fish Bar, and Engine Number no. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold.